It's in the danger zone. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Ooh, sorry. No, sorry. We're sorry we're laughing. It's just, that was bad timing. Sorry about that. Hello, everyone. Uh, it's myself, Rambo, and uh, I'm not joined by Nick to start this podcast off. At the time of recording, Nick was in uh, Viramaki, enjoying himself and learning a bit more about hockey. Um, but I'll be speaking to him later in the pod. To start us off, though, I am joined with a very special guest, uh, Jack Caswell, who plays for London Dragons B Team. He got in touch with me um, so he could chat some hockey. He really enjoys the pod, um, so I hope you enjoy listening to what he has to say. Uh, I'm joined now with uh, Jack Caswell, who plays for the London Dragons B. Um, Jack, uh, hello. Let us, uh, could you maybe tell the audience a bit about yourself? Yeah, hi, Robert. Thanks for having me on. Well, basically, I started playing hockey when I was about... Uh... 12 years old. Um, I'm from Wales originally, so my, uh, my accent's gone a bit now. Um, but I used to play uh, for the Cardiff Devils. Well, I used to play for just some junior teams in Cardiff. Um, eventually, uh, I played for the Cardiff Devils, the League Development Under 16 team. Um, carried on with them through Under 16s to about Under 18s. Uh, went off to university then and sort of took a bit of a hiatus from hockey for about a year until I discovered. Um, uh, I go to the University of London for that, I discovered UCL had a team. And uh, they trained much closer to me and had a much better time than London did at the time because they were still training in Lee Valley. They didn't get their Streatham contract. So I played with um, UCL for two years, uh, captained them in my second year for UCLB. Um, and then last year, unfortunately, was issues with the union and non-UCL players. Uh, I had to make the move. Um, yeah, now I've come to London Dragons and in my first season with them. And, you know, we're having a great time. Okay, and... Uh... There's there's quite a lot of characters in the in the London team. Uh, can you tell us a bit about them? Yeah, there's um, it's a great it's a great uh, group of boys and girls to be honest with you. Um, uh, like like quite a lot of teams, uh, you know, you tend to have a bit of a division between the uh, A's and the B's. Um, you know, they they would train at different times. We train they the A's train at value, and we primarily at Streatham. Um, but I mean, you can tell there's a real in comparison to other hockey teams I've been. There, there's a real sort of um, professionalism about the Dragons that I think uh, it separates them from the other sort of um, university groups. It, it does remind me of what it was like playing for the old Elite League development squads. Um, there's a lot of talking about tactics off the ice. There's a lot of, you know, really kind of sitting down and analysing games. Uh, they record a lot of their games, so there's an opportunity to review sort of like video footage. Um, and, you know, people like Kelly... Uh, they come down from the A's and, you know, they uh, we train at a horrible slot at like quarter to midnight on a Tuesday night and he still comes down, watches us, gives us great feedback, you know, does do all the pictures for the Instagram. Yeah, you can really tell that there's a big sort of community professionalism about the Dragons, which is really nice. Okay, and um, how's, how's your season going so far for the for the bees? Yeah, the, um, the season's been really interesting actually because uh, I've been tuning into the podcast. It's been great to listen to and I know at the start... Uh, Kent were pretty well favoured to um, uh, to do quite well in that division. Um, yeah, I, I just had a look at the standings now. They're at third, 
uh, with three points. So they've won one, drawn one, lost one. Um, we we started off pretty well. I think we when I when I first joined, uh, everyone was really kind of revving up for the season. Um, there was there was a lot of talking about the kind of matches that we had before we had our first game. We played Southampton first, um, which was a, a real introduction to sort of this new division and and these new teams because they they played an outstanding game. They were really really physical. Um, it kind of got guys to buy to play checking on their life, and it kind of it did remind me of that. It, it was definitely a step up. Um, and it was a 3-2 contest that we managed to pull away with at the end. Um, but yeah, it, you know, it got, it got quite, not nasty in a bad way, I, I genuinely mean it, it got quite heated in, in quite a nice competitive way. And there's mutual respect on both sides, but that was a nice um, introduction. And uh, yeah, that sort of gives a bit of confidence coming away from that because they, they've done quite well in their season so far. Um, and then we played UCL, which obviously they're, they're struggling a little bit now, so they were you know, those games weren't too much of a challenge. We knew we'd probably pick up W's against them. And then our last game was against Kent, which um, was a was a really probably one of my most favourite games of hockey I've ever played in. Um, it was great going down to Gillingham. I've been there a couple of times. Um, and we started off with quite a, an early lead. Um, but, you know, very much the same as Southampton, very high intensity, very high octane stuff. And they managed to pull it back to a 5-5 draw. So it's given us a lot of things about now to go into the next half of this uh, of the season. So a lot to look forward to. Okay, and your what's your your next game is uh, away to Birmingham. Have you been to Solihull before? Yeah, I have actually. Um, my brother used to play for the uh, the old Birmingham Lions. I don't know Birmingham Eagles. I think they were called back then. Um, so I've been even before I was in at the university. I thought you know I've been down to Solihull and I've played with them when I um I played there when I was with Cardiff. Uh, and I've also played there when I was with UCL. So I'm no stranger to Solihull. I quite like it. It's nice. Uh, Kind of old fashioned rink. Um, yeah, it should be a good game. Birmingham, you know, they they've not started great, but you can never kind of uh, you can never really be too careful with these teams, and you know, you have no idea what they're going to bring in the post in this next half of the season. So, I think it's all about just going in there with a a good mindset, and hopefully being able to close out and get the W. But you never know what can happen. Okay, and um, you keeping your eye on uh, in the the north at all to see who. You know, if you do, if you do pull this off and get to the playoffs, who you might face? Um, I have to be honest. You haven't been massively. I tend to not look until a little bit later in the season because uh, I try. I just try to focus on my own, um, on my own division and the, the competition that we're going to get. But I do know that Northumbria, um, they'd be and they're eighty. But I believe so you can plug me up on that's not right. But they've both been doing really well in their seasons. Um. I played Northumbria before at, at nationals, uh, and they it was a different contest back then. They were they were you know um, in the most respectful way. It, it was a fairly um, uncontested game, but I think they've they've changed. They must have changed their strategy. They've definitely changed something because I know that both of those teams are doing fairly well um, in their division. So I guess that that kind of uh, gives us a bit of a heads up of what we might face as a, you know to in the conference showdown if we do end up winning. Are you aware of the the UCL Northumbria um rivalry from Tier Five a couple of years ago? No, I'm not. I'm not actually. I didn't know that UCL had a bit of um. Yeah, the, I didn't know UCL had something going on with the, Northumbria. The only fight in uh Tier Five history. Oh, oh, oh. oh it, yeah, was this um? This was the pre-planned one. Yeah. <laughs> this is their C team, right? Um, the UCL yeah, C team against the Northumbria D team. Yeah, the guy that's the guy. I was with UCL. I was at that national. That was my first season with UCL. And um, the guy's name is Calvin. 
really nice guy. I think he's pretty new to hockey. Um, but he loved, uh, he absolutely loved that whole classic, you know, like, um, slap shot style of, uh, it's like old school drop the gloves hockey. He really got obsessed with that. And I remember talking to him being like, you know, the European leagues and our leagues, you know, it doesn't really happen. I don't think you'll ever really pick up a fight. I always remember he said that like, one day I will definitely get one. And uh, we were all sat just watching the seas after the Leeds had finished their game. And yeah, I, I just, I saw, I saw both the guys chirping. I think you got to realize that Talfik is, Talfik is five foot six, maybe. Yeah. Um, and the skates don't really make much of a difference. And this guy was like six foot two. He was a big chap. Uh, but to be fair to him, he, he, he dropped his gloves. They both took their helmets off and they had a good scrap. And I think the Northumbria guy came out on top. But yeah, props to anyone that's going to drop the gloves. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was that was one of my favorite uh, moments in Nationals history, and and kind of and kind of what made us start commentating on the live feed because those sorts of things shouldn't shouldn't be seen in silence. So that has, I think that has to be followed with um, with some commentary because I think that that was that was definitely a spectacle. I'm not going to forget it So um, you're doing pretty well yourself. You got four points this season. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a little bit slower than what I used to. I'm still uh, for my ego at, at the very least waiting for um, uh, the league to link my UCL stats across, and that'll kind of give me more of an idea of how I'm doing overall. But I'm uh, from. I, I, I know because I, I call my own points and from a league prospects something like that. So um, I'm pretty much on a point per game, which is pretty good for me. I'm, I'm never going to be. Uh, <laughs> I'm never going to be a Sydney Crosby centre. Um, I'm very much more of the sort of. Uh, uh, un- the, the, the unrecorded kind of players, which I know, I, I imagine what players, that's kind of what everyone says if uh, if their sort of um, stats are looking up too well, but I mean, at, at this league, you know, you, you sometimes you only have a one ref or maybe a two ref system, it's hard to pick up on those extra assists, which I usually uh, historically have picked on most of my points, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been going good, I mean, uh, the, the London Dragons are a step up from what I've played with before, it kind of, like I said earlier, reminds me of what it was like to play for the old um, elite league side. So this season for me has mostly just been about getting my wheels going um, and just kind of putting effective shifts in without making uh, any massive errors. And then you know I I, I got quite a, I'm on a course with for quite a long time. So um, in the next couple of seasons, that's when I kind of build up on you know actually starting to get my points up and things like that. Yeah, so what's what's your what's your your aim in in hockey at university level? You got a few years. You looking to get into the A team eventually, or? Yeah, definitely. Um, because uh, one thing I always regretted is that yeah, uh, that I that I had a massive regret that if anyone else was listening to, um, could take a bit of advice from this was that um, I, I played hockey to a fairly good level before I came to university, uh, and then I and then I just stopped. Um, uh, and and it was probably yeah, it was, it was I, and ever since then it's just been trying to catch back up to that level. So, um. What I'm trying to do now is just get back really to where I'm. I'm, I'm nearly there. I, I can feel it coming back now. I can feel a lot of the confidence getting there. Um, yeah, but basically, kind of reclaim where I've been before, and yeah, definitely try and make a move into the A's. If not at first, not as a you know a consistent member, but if anything, you know one of the top B's that the A's can sort of consider as like a uh, I don't know um, what the best way to word that. I kind of reserve it so they know that they have someone of a decent level that they can pick on if they got some short numbers or, or more of like a prospect for the A's that's, that's my aim for this season just to get you know in the in the books of some of the A's 
you know, kind of get myself noticed a little bit. So that, that's the plan. Other than that, um, we'll just see where, where, where we end up. But, you know, it's hard, it's hard to say at the minute. We'll just see, uh, just try and get to the highest level with the Dragons as we possibly can. Okay, and, you, and you're uh, all set and looking forward to Nationals as well? Oh, uh, I can't wait. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I, I mean, it's how I tell like, everyone that I know. I come from a big hockey family anyway. Um, I'm, you know, everyone back home, friends and family, love to watch the live stream. Uh, and I think everyone's just really impressed with how the, the job that you guys do and just how professional it is with the commentary. Um, and, you know, you've got, like, the power rankings before and you've got, like, the all-star team. Um, and just the, the great thing about being part of the is just seeing how much it improves every year. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to Nationals because it's already changed so much since my first one. Um, yeah, so I, I can't wait to get up there with Sheffield with everyone. Um, face up against a couple of teams that we never get a chance to play with, a couple of guys from the North, the Northern Conferences. Yeah, I mean, it's a great weekend and I can't wait to get out there and start getting the wheels turning. Hopefully come away with some silver one. So you said you're from a hockey family. Do, do they tune in to nationals and things like that on the oh, live feed? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys get a big following from uh, from Wales. Um, I, I, there's definitely about 30 odd people that all tune in. Um, I always post on my Facebook when it's coming up and everyone always gets, starts to get really excited. Um, yeah, I because uh, we're all massive card devil fans as well. Um, that their season's sort of winding down, so everyone's looking for more hockey to watch. So as soon as I post that the nationals are coming up, they all got it HDMI through to the big screen of the TV. Everyone's getting the popcorn out. Um, I come from like a classic hockey family. Like my parents, you know, they uh, they 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 love watching watching me play. My dad's always watched me play since I was a kid. So um, yeah, it's a big family. But my brother comes around and. Uh, yeah, they, they get it up on the TV and they can't wait for it. So, yeah, you guys get a big following from one. Well, that's, that's great to hear. It's good to know that, you know, um, when we get our stats of how many people are watching the live stream, there's maybe more than one person watching each screen. So, <laughs> I, I guarantee you that 30 from, like, my area of Wales is definitely it gets a massive following. My, my house is at the beginning of national start. So, um, yeah, you guys get definitely getting some views out there. Okay, and one one final thing, um, yeah. just a, just an off the topic question. Gain the stats on this, but um, you're on a road trip. Uh, you have to stop at the services. Do you want Costa or Starbucks? Um, I think that's a really good question. Actually, that's probably I think that that is the definitive question. Of the um, I think uh, I I I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say Costa. I think feel um. I feel I, I I feel if I was in front of the, some of the guys in the team, and I was buying a Starbucks. You know, it's it's kind of a little bit too reminiscent of a bit of a spice, like a pumpkin spice latte. Um, I feel like if you go to Costa, it's just you get like you can come away with a sense of pride. You know, you haven't sold yourself out a little bit. So I think a good old fashioned service stop Costa. Uh, I think that's probably the way to go on the road. Oh, great, great. Well, is there anyone you want to give a shout out to on this interview? Um. Yeah, yeah. I give a shout out to my um, my fellow send. I come a couple of my teammates. Give a shout out to Mike, um, Mike Armitage. I give a shout out to Stephen Rivera, to our captain Anton. Um, hopefully, uh, you guys are preparing as much in this short season break as I am. Um, well, well, I guess when we're back on the ice, we'll see who's been there, keeping off the mince pies over the Christmas break the most. Mm, it's a good chance to see who's uh, shaking off the Christmas wagon anyway. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll definitely be interesting. All right, well that's uh, Jack Caswell, folks. Thanks for joining us, Jack. Perfect. Thank you so much, brother. It's been an absolute pleasure. Cheers. Thanks.
I'm sure you'll agree that Jack is quite an interesting character, uh, someone who clearly loves the game and has found his love for it again playing uh, university hockey, um, which I hope you all uh, enjoy also. So uh, let's get down to it. Let's uh, speak to my partner in crime, usually, uh, Nick, um, who was in Viramaki at the time of recording. Uh, and we can hear what he was up to while he was over there and what he was enjoying. And thereafter, we're going to do this as a two-parter so we can maybe interview some other people who were in Viramaki and hopefully um, Simon Hopkins, who turned into a bit of a Scarlet Pimpernel type character when we we're trying to get a hold of him for an interview for this pod. Uh, so um, hopefully we'll get in touch with him for the next time. But anyway, here's Nick um, speaking to myself from Finland. Right, as I said, I'm joined here with Nick Ivel, uh, who is currently in Viramaki, Finland. Uh, Nick, set the scene. It is like a white Christmas, just without the Christmas. It's uh, very cold, very snowy, very idyllic settings. It's very nice. Cool, cool. Um, uh, to set the scene for, for you, uh, the listeners of me, I'm currently sitting in my jammies. Fiona to the left, having a cup of coffee. And I've been sitting around all morning because this has been a bit of a nightmare to set up a convenient time. <laughs> so, uh, what's the, what's the uh, what's been the the schedule for you so far? You arrived on Thursday. What happened after that? Um, yeah, so Thursday was kind of just arrival and a little bit of orientation. Uh, certainly for the guys that have never been before, I've been plenty of times before. But even so, in the snow, everything looks a little bit different. Um, so a little bit of orientation, and then uh, it was dinner and uh, a little bit of an icebreaker on the night, which gave everyone a chance to meet each other and get to know each other a little bit. Um, so that pretty much summed up Thursday. Quite a lot of people headed to bed quite early, with uh, a lot of, a big day following the next day. So Friday, um, breakfast followed by off ice with uh, the GBU off ice staff of Andy Marshall and Ali Emery, who've been putting us our guys through our paces. Um, then Rathbone took over with the on ice sessions, which um, we managed to slightly upset the. Uh, the rink manager, as we destroyed his ice in two hours. <laughs> um, so followed by that, we had lunch, um, and then came the worst decision of my life, Rambo, which was I decided to go cross-country skiing, to which I'm quite happily being distinctly average at one winter sport, never mind being completely useless at two. Uh, I'm sure Andy will share it at some point, but there's a brilliant video of uh, me going headfirst down a hill. So I'm sure you guys will enjoy watching that. Um, but then after that, more off-ice off stuff, followed by another skating session last night. Uh, dinner, and then I think most people are pretty much done in by the end of the day. So starting again afresh this morning. Pretty much the same. Breakfast, nice little uh, off-ice session, try and get some people's uh, muscles and bodies back working again. And then we've just been on the ice for the sec well, the first session of the day, and then uh, just getting ready to go and have lunch, which Rambo's now doing. What what were the, the, sort of the newbies like? Were they in awe of Andy Miller? <laughs> quite funnily, quite a lot of people thought he was Simon Hopkins. <laughs> oh, oh, right, totally different accents. Totally different accent. I think it was more that obviously a lot of the guys have had uh, emails and stuff from Simon setting up the trip. And then obviously when they've arrived here, Simon wasn't here and Miller was in charge. And they put two and two together and got six. 
Ah, right, I see, I see. And it's, uh, is Simon taking one of the on-ice sessions then? Yes, uh, so since Simon's arriving, arrival yesterday afternoon, we've uh, had Simon and Rathbone and Ali Emery on the ice and have pretty much been doing three-zone ice work anyway, so we've pretty much had a coach in each zone, but it's been good to get Simon and his experience on there. Yeah, and I see you're splitting the two different groups. Is that um, based on ability or is it just a random draw or...? Um, so I think originally it was split split on ability. However, to be honest, we've kind of now split into three groups, and we're all just doing the full two hour ice time rather than the uh, hour and a hour and a quarter or whatever it was supposed to be each. So actually, for the guys, it's really good extra ice time. But um, I know for the coaches, obviously, forty two players on the ice is a lot to manage. Okay, and uh, one one of my uh, my steel queens is there. Um, Essie, how how is she getting on? Is she is she paying attention? <laughs> I was having a funny conversation with the SESD Rambo about the Steel Queens. Apparently, uh, she was coerced into joining and wasn't given an option. Is this right? Uh, that that has some resemblance to the truth. <laughs> to be fair, she was quite excited about being coerced into joining the Steel Queens. Oh well, I'm sure, I'm sure quite a lot of people will be out there and uh, and will be happy to join. But no, yeah. Essie's doing fine. I know Essie. I've known Essie for a number of years. She's been coming on these camps for quite a while. And certainly is uh, a good example of someone who come and comes down, gives their all, and uh, improves year on year. Yeah, and uh, obviously the last couple of camps have been in the summer. What, what's the what's the the difference like apart from obviously the weather? But um, I think I think the biggest difference is that um, having been here in the summer before, it's it's just a completely different mentality that you'd kind of go to off ice, you'd go to the rink, you'd hang about outside, and and just get used to the weather it's normally being somewhere in between 20 to 30 degrees which obviously is a complete difference to we've had sub-zero temperatures and obviously there's snow everywhere it's more just you just get used to the fact that anywhere and everywhere you go you have to fully clobber up with your hats coats scarves boots and then even if you're going for a run around the track and indoors you've still got to take all that stuff so it is a little bit different and uh seen a lot of well you see a lot more of the indoors obviously than you would normally do in the summer but uh, other than that, the outdoor rink is is pretty impressive. Uh, I'm sure it won't be a many surprise to many people out there, certainly from the north anyway. I can confirm that the outdoor rink at Biramaki is better conditions than Whitley Bay, which is not not such a big surprise. Um, but yeah, it's uh, certainly the outdoor rink's been the biggest attraction for me. I, I haven't had that much chance to get out there. I think it was the first night we went on there, but I know certainly quite a lot of the other people, talking to a couple of the guys from Cambridge, for instance, uh, they decided to pass on the optional skiing just to have extra time on the rink since I think they'd done the skiing before and they just said basically we get one hour a week on the ice. So I can go and do an extra hour right now. <laughs> Why not? Okay. Okay. And then tonight, um, am I understanding you're going to, uh, is it Finnish Elite League or something it's called? Yes. Uh, SM League, or I, be, I believe it is. Or I hope it is. Um, but anyway, I believe it's, uh, I believe it's a derby game. We're not actually, I believe Larty's the local town closest to us, but we're actually going to watch Larty in an away game, which is about an hour away, which uh, should be quite interesting. Yeah, and uh, has there been much uh, Finlandia vodka consumed so far? Um, No, I I don't believe so. I think people have been quite well behaved. I know it's the social tonight, but uh, I can imagine quite a few people are a little bit too tired for any too uh, adventurous shenanigans. Yeah, that's the best thing about um, having a beer after hockey or, or sport is that it's cheaper. Yeah, you're already halfway there. 
<laughs> so, uh, and uh, how's how's Dave getting on? He's not ruining practices or anything like that. I'm I'm Dave's line mate, so I can uh, I can speak personally for that. And uh, he's he's doing he's doing his job. He's uh, he's working hard. Good, good. Uh, oh, that's 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 great to hear. Um, and uh, you've got the uh, rule session coming up with Andy Miller shortly. Is that correct? Um, I think that might be tomorrow, but yeah, it's tomorrow. Dave, tell, Dave, telling me it's tomorrow, but um, but yes, yeah, so that's always good because I know uh, Andy loves being centre of attention and having people come and ask questions, which I've always said to him before. If if the likes of myself doesn't turn up and ask awkward questions, a lot of the new guys don't know any rules to ask any interesting thing. Yeah, that's true. I mean, as long as you don't ask him about the offside rule, as we've learned from. Various nationals, but Andy's on the line. That's yeah, that that moving line. That moving line, yeah. <laughs> so, um, who who else have you got? Have you got some Finnish guys actually coaching and giving sessions, or is it all all people from GB that have come across with you? All uh, all GB this time, unfortunately. I know in the past we've had, had some outside input, but unfortunately, I'm guessing we haven't managed to secure that. But still. I know for quite a lot of the guys, certainly the quality of the coaching from Simon and Rathbone and Ali is is excellent, and certainly I think a lot of people shouldn't be uh, shouldn't be too upset with what they've been getting taught this week. Yeah, as long as everyone's having fun, they've got the smiles on their faces. That's that's the main thing, I suppose, about the camp, and uh, and people are learning something, and it gives you a chance to meet new people. Presumably, you you become friends with people from like sorts sort of Far away places like Newcastle and and things like that. If you can understand them, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, what what's the what's the sort of mix like? Is there there's checking and non checking players there? What's the what's the split like on that? Yeah, there's a there's a mix between people who've probably started playing in September and people who've been playing like Dave since the dinosaurs were around. Um, and yeah, there's a there's a mix between people who probably could throw it around if they wanted to, but it's uh, it's kind of a funny kind of scenario when no one knows each other, but in the same way, it's a little bit like team training where you don't want to necessarily throw a big hit out there because we're all friends at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. And uh, is is Andy actually kitting up and training with you guys, or is he um, he just sort of walking around like uh, full of self importance? Um, unfortunately, it's more of the latter. Um, yesterday, he was forced into action onto the ice because uh, Ali's kit had actually been lost on the plane or at the airport, so hadn't arrived, so she couldn't get on the ice. So he had to go on, which uh, we were all subjected to the Andy Miller coaching uh, seminar. Um, but then, well, this morning, he's just been walking around, being Andy, checking emails and doing whatever the Grand Overlord does in his spare time. Yeah, has he still got, has he got his body warmer on? Of course he has. Ah, of course, of course. And is, 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 even though it's snowing, is Simon Hopkins still wearing shorts? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I have seen him in shorts so far, but um, no, it's Simon Simon, isn't he? I'm, and I'm sure he'd love to be out there in shorts. I'm probably, later on, after a couple of gins, he might um, he might decide to go for a little walk in his shorts. <laughs> well, no, it, sounds like, it sounds like it's all well run. Um, that you know, you've got the right people over there. You've got Andy um, to look after you all. You've got Simon, who has got a wealth of knowledge in, in all sports, not just hockey. Um, and uh, Rathbone, I know he set up the first women's nationals. He's got a 
career, a long career in the the BIHA. So you, you've got a good crew there. It sounds like we have indeed. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I don't intend to go through divisions with you because nothing's changed since the last time we spoke. But I just thought we people should should hear how how good Viramaki is, and hopefully next year at this time there'll be. 52 people instead of 42 or whatever. Certainly, guys, I, I couldn't speak highly enough of what this, this week's all about. Um, certainly, I know we touched quite heavily on the on-ice stuff, but certainly I think one thing that people are taking away from this is the off-ice stuff and the impact that you can get from having a trained strength and conditioning coach and uh, sports rehab therapist helping you through what you're doing and preparing you for the next day because... I'm guessing for quite a lot of guys, it's very rare that they'll play hockey for four hours and then get up the next day and do, play hockey for four hours again. I know, having spoken to a couple of guys around here, um, certainly there's a lot of stuff that they're going to be taking through into nationals in terms of preparation, off-ice warm-ups, just being able to go from playing hockey to then playing hockey four hours later again and just better conditioning themselves to be able to play at a better level, which is what the GBU off-ice staff provides. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that's that's good stuff because I think that's one thing that we, we don't necessarily focus on as amateur um, sports uh, athletes, <laughs> for want of a better expression. Completely agree. Yeah, and, and quite often, you know, you, you wake up the next morning, I know I've done it after hockey or after rugby, uh, you feel stiff, you feel sore. It can last. That can go into Monday if you've played on Saturday night, you know. Um, and it, it's good to sort of maybe try and digest what some of these people are saying. It's not always practical to do cool downs, which I presume is something they're they're maybe trying to get you to do. Yes. I'm afraid after getting off the ice at two, one, two o'clock in the morning at Whitley Bay, no one really wants to do a cool down, do they? Yeah, that's what I mean. It, just that you know, the anti-social times we play, it's not. It's not ideal. I mean, I, I went to see Edinburgh play rugby last night and the, the guys that had only played maybe 10 minutes or so were doing sprints at the end of the game. Um, but that's that's fine for them because they, they don't have to get up and go to work in the next morning or, or to uni. Um, but if you're coming off a, a Tuesday night game against Newcastle or in the case of Manchester, a Sunday night game against Northumbria, uh, then you're not exactly going to be uh, wanting to do some running around the car park in Whitley Bay. Uh, Definitely not. No, um. So, uh, how many you, you you said you had a posse there from uh, from Northumbria? It's quite a big Northumbria representation. Yeah, there's four of us, which is more three more than there needs to be, I believe. But um, but no, I believe they're having fun, and uh, it's good to get guys. Certainly for those guys not to get coached by me for a little while, I'm sure they might hopefully improve, which is good for everyone. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's that's uh, that you're being a bit hard on yourself. But speaking of uh, of Northumbria, just to let you know. Uh, my plans for the day or my uh, my schedule for today is at, at three o'clock I'm leaving, heading down to Dumfries to do my first ever NIHL um, game on the line. And uh, it's Whitley Bay against Dun- against Solway um, Sharks. <laughs> oh, you, you'll see some familiar Northumbria faces there. Yeah, I was just thinking, who who from who from Northumbria should I expect to see tonight? Um, you'll see Niall Simpson, he'll be wearing number 39. If he gets okay. off the bench. Sorry, no. Um, and Will Robson, who I don't know if he's actually got a squad number. I think he might be 36. I'm not sure. Is that the is that the defenseman? Yes. With the, the big slaps, would be incredibly skinny looking. Uh, no, that one's Lawson Glasby. That's who I was thinking. I was getting mixed up between the two. 
I think I think I might know the the difference now. <laughs> yeah. but, but no, that, it should it should be interesting. I'm looking forward to to doing a, a different level of hockey, um, uh, for a wee change as well. So um, that'll be interesting. And also be good to kind of referee different players to some extent, and you're not just getting the same abuse from the same people every week. Yeah, well, that I mean, I'm I'm the linesman, so I, I kind of deflect a lot of the the abuse, as it were. Um, I mean, ordinarily when they're shouting ref, ref, that's a penalty. When I'm standing next to them, I just remind them that I don't have armbands on, so I can't call any penalties. Um, and they, they, they quickly realise the only thing I can make a mistake on is offside or icing. So <laughs> it's it's uh, it's not it's not too bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, we all work as a as a team essentially in refereeing as you do in in uh, in hockey. So I mean, I think you know if for anyone out there. That's maybe you know, do stick in with Andy's rule session as much as we we take the Mickey out of him a wee bit. It, it's it is actually something you can get a little bit extra cash, bit of an extra skate, and actually it helps you as a hockey player. If you if you can understand the rules and also not necessarily manipulate, but you understand how the referee thinks and what they can and can't do and what their mindset is, it certainly helps. Sometimes it stops you from basically fighting a losing battle, which is only going to end up getting you a misconduct. Yeah, I mean the the thing about refereeing, um, and this is we we like to have our sort of our pep talk every week on the on the pod every time we do it. So, uh, <laughs> the thing is about refereeing, understanding how to speak to them is one of the the most important things, and that's maybe a, a question you could put to Andy tomorrow if if that's when the real session is. You know, if you don't understand the call, what's the best way to approach that with the referee? I I could, I'd look. I'll do a demonstration. I'll I'll quite happily volunteer to do the two different aspects of how to approach a referee and let Andy decide which one was more appropriate. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's I mean that's quite quite often the cases we get the old role play um <laughs> going in these classes. But uh, yeah, I think I think yeah, do take note of what Andy's saying um tomorrow as much as we we take the mickey out of Andy. Uh, he knows his stuff, and um, you know, and it's a good thing to learn the rules. Uh, essentially, um, I've got to I've got to start afresh with some of the Steel Queens girls who played roller hockey. Don't know the offside rule yet, uh, and that's you know, it's it's just little basic things like that you need to start off with. But the more rules you know, the better a hockey player you'll be. I think. Completely, yeah. completely agree, hundred percent. Certainly getting the fundamentals into the, the new players of how the game works and the mechanics of it is, is half the battle. Just yeah. And also, from a, a coaching point of view, it's always better if the guys go out there and there's been a stoppage, they either know why or they know where to go and stand next and you don't have to do a lot of pointing and arm-waving. Yeah, well, that that is absolutely uh, absolutely true. <laughs> Quite funnily, as uh, refereeing a um, a recce game with two teams that are fairly experienced, and one of them managed to line up at the wrong side of the face-off dot, and he was the centre, um, which which did just did make me chuckle into um, into my ref mic. Uh, so, but um, yeah, I mean, it sounds like you're having a great time over there, and and everybody else seems to be enjoying themselves, um, and it sounds like some, something that. Uh, Everyone should try and do at least once, I would think. Yes, and certainly, guys, if you're out there and you're interested, certainly I'd get on various forms of BYCA, Twitter, Facebook, the likes. I know Dave's been trying his best to keep up with the uh, social media aspect of our little visit, but um, 
I know it's quite hard for Dave. He's got playing duties and responsibilities. He's got quite a tight schedule. But you can look on there. You can see some nice photos. Um, me and Dave trying to stay out of them as much as possible. But there's some good photos on there. And you can kind of see the setting that we're in. And certainly, not just talking about the winter, guys. I'm not sure if we're doing the summer camp again. I'm sure Andy, Andy or Simon would probably be able to. Might, might be a good question to ask Simon in the interview. Um, but there's... Um, yeah, don't be afraid. Beeramac is a great place for winter, summer, or any of the seasons. Okay, okay, and uh, just just one final thing before we we uh, before I let you go. Um, is there anyone you uh, anyone particularly that you think is uh, shining the sort of MVP so far of the tour? Maybe in in the banter stakes or or on the ice. Um, in terms of the banter stakes, it's not been too. Uh, it's not been too bad. It's been it's quite quiet rooms. Not a lot of people know each other, so it's a little bit on edge. But um, on ice, I think uh, a well-known. We've certainly talked about him before. A well-known BYJ celebrities here. It's uh, Gus Zinnerman who is uh, he's running the show pretty much. I think Dave would agree over there. Would you agree, Dave? Yeah, he's uh, having seen him on the ice at nationals, and then you get to meet him. He's a he's a cracking. Uh, a cracking bloke and getting to meet him up person and be on the ice with him he's uh when you see imperial out there when they're playing with six skaters when you're playing with gus zimmerman i wouldn't be concerned about playing with six okay okay and um just one other thing nick while you're over there a little task i'm going to set you um speak to speak to andy um and ask him if we can get i can get him on for a, a little rules interview uh on the next podcast yep i will ask him uh, straight away that's our seamless link to the next podcast over with and uh, Nick I'll uh, bid you adieu and uh, I wish you all the best for the rest of the trip have a nice flight home on uh, Monday morning um, and I'll speak to you in a couple of weeks okie dokie right see you later Rambo cheers bye bye I'm not usually uh, jealous of Nick or Dave uh, but this time I am the green eyed monster when I look at them um, it seems like they've both had a great time as well as everybody else on the camp and learned a lot about hockey. Uh, so that is basically all we have time for this week. We will be back uh, hopefully in a week or so with another pod, uh, part two of the Vera Mackey uh, pod and maybe a slight look at some of the games that have maybe happened since uh, the turn of the year. So thank you all for listening. Please subscribe if you can. Give us a review if you wish. Uh, that might knock us up the rankings from dead last to maybe second last. Uh, so thanks very much for your time. Cheers. for listening to the BIHA pod. If you'd like to get in touch to provide feedback, arrange an interview, or if you have something you want us to read out on the pod, you can email us at podcast at bih.org.uk. Or if you'd prefer, you can tweet myself or Nick. My Twitter is at Rambolua and Nick's is at NGI underscore 92.